Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. The Heat are coming back from the All Star break. Panthers are the hottest team in the NHL again, and we cover the weekend in sports. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Mixtape dropping DOS. All I want to know. Oh, that man. I think that's what the listeners want to know retired. is when that mixtape is dropping. I'm retired, man. I'm retired. You always sound like you're ready to jump in and spit bars, and then the that's show gets started and you forget. That's just the hype. You know, I'm here to build up the hype. You feel me? You all hype? Nah, I'm building it up. Oh, you're building the hype. And then we give them, you know what I'm saying, that quality podcast substance. Gotcha. And then they're satisfied. I think you gotta. I think you gotta make an intro song though. Like jump on that actual <laughs> intro and then like make a verse. six bars. Just yeah, just, just, six not even. Bars just give quick, them a clean three. A, a little hook. Give them a clean three. Make quick it weird. Little hook. It was there. Yeah. What's going on, man? How was your weekend, bro? It's good, G. It was good, bro. Uh, not long enough as always. Always. But you know, golf this weekend. You know, we had league and stuff. And nice. We had NBA All Star weekend. Yep. You know, we got we got we had golf. You know, golf. Uh, they had another good tournament this weekend. Correct. Just. Same old. How Same. about you? Good, man. I actually got to play around this weekend, man, and hit nine holes. Uh, shot a 50, and could have been better, but it was kind of windy out there on Sunday, so not bad, right? Could be better, could oh, be yeah. worse. It could always be better, dog. And it could always be worse. Every golfer knows that. And it could always be much worse in my case, so I was happy with uh, being out there and really getting to practice. For gotta sure, bro. I just, I, I'm tired of all these, like, damn... Northerners coming down <laughs> south, taking up our tea times. Correct. All right, and then I got to pay fifty five dollars for a course that's no more than like thirty dollars, just because there's inflation. so many people. It's inflation, and you it's got inflation. It's, it's in season right now. Exactly. I can't wait. I mean, I, I, I it sucks because when the time comes, we'll be like, damn, it's bro, gonna be hot, but it's okay. Yeah, I wish I had the weather from February. You know, just not the rates. But I'm but okay with that. We'll, we'll get there, dog. We'll yeah, get man. There. Yeah, man. So you're and playing uh, this weekend, though, though, so you yeah, needed that round. I needed that round, man. You know, I got I got a big game against my father-in-law this weekend. So <laughs> you're taking him down. I'm not I'm not out there to play. play for, I'm playing for keeps, <laughs> pretty sir? much like Ricky Bobby said. I'm playing for keeps. <laughs> so let's see, man. I needed that practice. Just probably remember, get dog, practice. if he gives you anything, like if he's like, that's good, just take it. Don't yeah, yeah, it. for just sure. Just pick it up. Don't for even sure. put it out. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, I know how to. I got my my game plan. I got my game plan. I got You're my. You're not even plan. ready. You're about to get your teeth kicked in by this course. Yeah, you play there yet? Nah, nah. Playing nah. at Maurice, right next to the airport. If yeah, y'all ever drive see. by the airport, let's see how it goes. Seeing that course, that's that's a tough golf course. Yeah, yo. yeah. But you know what? The course that we're used to playing, or that he plays at most of the times in California, um, is is a highly rated course. Hard, hard course. Very narrow. A lot of big trees, so different. It's hard different. for different reasons. Yeah, that, different that reasons. one's hard because of what you just said. Like, right, like the course layout and stuff. Is Maurice tough to has score. a lot of water. Maurice, he'll be able to. It, it has some water, but he'll be able to move around just fine. But the greens, dog, fast, lightning slow. fast. All right, lightning fast, and like dog, like you, like you're like, oh, this is a dead straight putt, and it just breaks like ten feet. Got you're it. like, what the hell? I was not seeing that. So you guys will be in for it. I'm gonna make sure that he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dog, don't, don't. I don't do want to. I don't want to give him the tips that. either, dog. No, 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 no. Yo, he's been playing for much longer if than me. If you do, he's got the advantage. If you so. do hear this episode, hit my line. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll go caddy for you that day, just so you can take this guy down. That's 
to know. <laughs> no way. Um, damn, man. You know what? Um, but this weekend was cool, bro, because it was All-Star Weekend in the NBA. Uh, we had a couple of Heat representatives, right? Coach Spo was out there repping, um, coaching Durant's team. And, and his coaching staff. It wasn't correct. just Coach Spo. Correct. The whole gang was there, yep. including <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> I don't know. Chris Quinn has the best job in the world. Went from an okay player, played two years for the Heat, and then, boom, got into the dungeon, and then Heat culture took over, right? Hey, now worked. he's an assistant coach. It works, coach. it works, dog. Big know? time. And, um... You know, it was pretty cool to see those guys because we didn't have a lot of representation over the years from All-Star Games. And for us to have our big names actually get recognized. So we got we, snubbed one, but we got understandably. One, understandably, right? But at least we, at least one, right? Right. At least one. But at least we got some of that recognition that we were talking about on, on last week's episode, right? Where people were able to acknowledge and really give their accolades to the Heat. And, and you know, I'm not saying hype the Heat up. But more like give them props for what they've accomplished to this point. Give credit where it's due. Where it's due, right? Because the East is really hard right now, right? Yeah, we know that the West has top teams, right? Really two. But it's really a two-team race, three-team race. Um, In the East, I feel like everybody's still in it. Um, We have Chicago right behind us. Milwaukee's right behind us. Philadelphia's right behind us. The Celtics are on a tear recently. Celtics they won are like 10 or 11 straight ways, right? getting into the All-Star break. Now you got Harden over in Philadelphia, which, you know, we'll see what happens there. That was a huge uh, pickup. That's good. It's good. I think it's a great move for them, bro, yeah. honestly. You know, and, and we'll see what, they, what they're what they able to bring to the table. But I, I think you bring up a good point. I think that's valid. I think that it, right now, you know, the, the Heat can't get comfortable. Now it's it's go time. This is the second half of the season after the All Star break. Right now we got everybody healthy for the most part. You know we're missing a couple pieces still. We need you know the return of uh, of Oladipo of Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, man. We need, uh, we need to make back. sure Tyler Hero can come back. Whether they've been resting him just to rest him, or right. whether there's seriously something wrong with him, um, we need all these guys to come back. And now it's grind time. Yeah, and I feel like again the All Star break was a good real real break for the Heat. Right, guys getting some extra time off. Um, guys able to put in extra work on their game, you know, pr- uh, practice a little bit more, uh, get some f- game film in, you know, things that you're not able to do on the night in, night out grind of being on the road like that he have because they started the season with like a bunch of games in inside of the road trip, right? Like a lot of games on the road to begin the season and a lot of games to on, on, with difficult opponents, right? West Coast trips, West Coast trips playing the Golden State, playing Memphis, playing San Antonio, playing Dallas, playing all these teams, right? Um, And all of that winning, right, throughout it, putting yourselves in a position because you guys got to look way back to where the Heat started. We weren't even in the top four when the season started, right? And then the Heat had to climb literally to the top. Other teams stumbled, but the Heat have just been able to stay consistent and, and win in tough arenas. Um, our record on the road isn't the greatest. Well, we're pretty close to where we should be. We're getting close to that 500, right? Where if you are at 500 on the road, that's half the battle because the Heat are a really good home team. Yep, we've seen that, right? Something about these South Florida teams and their home court advantage—they really love to take care of it. We see it with the Panthers. We see it with the Heat. Um, We just don't see it with the Dolphins. We don't see it with the Dolphins. Yeah, but that's (laughs) another story for another day, bro. Uh, Let's talk back at least later in the podcast, right? But let's get back to the let's get back to the to the the good team, right? Right now in Miami, which is the Heat. Won six out of the last seven, right? We had that tough game that we lost, which I'm going to take the blame for. It, I jinxed the heat, right? I said that we were going to take this <coughs> man, that was Dallas a, game and just roll with it. And that it. was a tough game because of the fact that, 
you know, we came out strong in the first half, I, I, I think. Or, was it that yeah, game? Yeah, we had I like 34 points. Sorry, 34 points in the first. I think it was that first that first game. We won that first quarter, and then the second quarter kind of dwindled, but, like, they came back in it. And then third quarter, man, we just – it was a whole different team. Like we weren't, we weren't dropping. Like we weren't getting those shots from three. You know that we needed uh, rebounds just weren't falling to us. Like it, it was just we were we couldn't buy a bucket at some points in that third quarter, and then that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. And that that's that we had done an okay job containing Luca. They were right. really getting it done with a bunch of other guys. Correct, and it, that that shows you that it was a defensive breakdown, right? And when that happens, and you compile it with a lack of offense, which is what the Heat suffered from in the second second half because in the third quarter only scored 19 points second quarter in the fourth quarter 21 points you know that we're we were shooting rough uh we had a really rough rough game from three-pointer right under 35 percent that's not usual for the he were usually in the high 40s right and then on top of that when your stars are struggling jimmy wasn't shooting the ball well how many points did jimmy have that game? he ended up with 29 but he was 13 or 14 from the from the free throw so he got a lot of majority of his points through there right? right so Again, and we saw it in the very next game that Jimmy played. And he in. was gassed too, and like you could tell. That he was gassed because he was missing was so taking, many well, shots, and it was and taking a toll on him. And that forcing, and then yeah, that he threw up a couple threes too. That I was like, ah, Jimmy, that's not your but, shot. Which he made those threes in the correct. next game against Charlotte, where, who we blew out or whatever. Correct. But yeah, that game against Dallas, man, that was, was rough. That was and, a rough and, one. and the worst thing about it for me, you know, our our young stud next superstar in the making right or the guy who's gonna be next to take that superstar mantle bam having 17 points throughout three quarters and then finishing the game with just 21 points like yeah he had four points in the fourth in the fourth that, 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 that was late in the fourth that he got those they were like awkward back buckets very like he, for some reason he just got very passive on offense he was looking at jimmy a lot and, and not really demanding the ball back from jimmy you know jimmy was having a terrible game in that dallas game even in charlotte a terrible shooting night that's and that's where a hero if he was in that game he's like all right i can see yo, I need, i'm taking this shot over. right I'm, I'm gonna pull up some shots and that's what i think bam needs to pull out more often right that aggressiveness he had it earlier in the season he still you know he's had it recently too, recently but too, that but game that he kind game. of reverted back to like another version of right. that we don't that we're not very fond of no, uh, I, t- I totally get it. And then that that game, didn't we have that kid Haywood Highsmith that yeah. was on a ten day? I think yeah. we signed Caleb. That was on Tuesday. Correct. When last episode and dropped, then Highsmith played. Yeah, Highsmith <laughs> and then played. Highsmith, we he came in with some on a ten day, and that kid was dropping shots from the corner, looking like PJ well. Tucker. Man, he played well from for his little rotation minutes, yeah. right? And and there was a lot of excitement about having that guy on the roster uh, because it just adds more depth and versatility to what spoken throw out you know i think this guy's like 610 69 big dude very athletic we saw um can make offensive plays let's see right the he have a, a knack for finding talent everywhere else that nobody else can find that talent right so i feel like the heat are trying to make that move again with this guy and see if the, he can help us when it comes to playoff time um but yeah that that loss to dallas was whack man not only did it kill the pizza money on the streak right um, we lose 107-99, but the role players didn't show up that game either. You know, you had Jimmy We were and Bam. on a five-game win streak prior to that correct. loss. Correct, correct. Do you know that the Heat have multiple five-game win streaks this season? But we but have, have zero. Not, have not gone past that. We don't have a six-game win streak. Yeah, and I feel like that's a mental block for, this, for them as a staff and as a unit, you know, because... I mean, I'll take five. You only need four. You know, we can get four in a row in, the, in any playoff or finals game. Like, we're good. 
you know, but but yeah, you know, it'd be nice to be able to to, to defeat that and go like, no, let's beat our record this year. We got five in a row, a couple different times this season. Let's go for six, seven, eight. You know what I mean? Like, let's keep it going. Look at the Celtics, right? Ripped off double digits. You know, that's Ten my wins. point. That's my point. The main that's thing, momentum. Yeah, that's real momentum, and that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about when I say let's create space between us and the rest of the pack. Right. Let's get some separation on on Chicago. Let's get some separation on Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and put those guys three games behind, four games behind. And there's a lot of games that we can look back at and be like, "Yo, we could have won that game, should have won this game, should have won that game." Yeah. And those are the ones that probably make the difference as far as how much space we give. You know, we have to maneuver down the rest of the, the the season right because now we're at the all-star break break is over um the heat bounced back from that dallas loss to get a tough road in overtime against charlotte end up winning was, what that, was, was that single or double what, ot no single ot 111 to 107 and again uh, jimmy being the leader right being the guy on this team he's gonna take shots and we know that he's gonna take shots but i feel like lately he's been really forcing it when it comes to making plays Right. And just being extra aggressive and not really looking for teammates or forcing Bam to be that guy or forcing Hero to be that guy. In that game, we saw the worst and, and the best of Jimmy. Right. I think he had gone like 0 for 29 from three point attempts before you hit a three in overtime to kind of like really ice the game and, yeah. and put us in a position to win. It was a big moment. I mean, we know big he's moment. a big moment player. Right. We know he's going to deliver, so it was just reassuring. It's good. It's always reassuring to see that to see Jimmy be able to do that. Like, all right, yeah, uh, that's why he's the guy. That's why he's the number one here. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I I wasn't too disappointed with how that game ended, right? Because ultimately we got the win heading into All Star break, and you want that positive momentum, of right? You don't want to lose two games in a row heading into the All Star game, giving another team a chance to catch up to you, make a game on you or something, right? But more importantly, it was for me, it felt like a reemergence of Kyle Lowry. We saw Lowry really get into a groove offensively, ended up with 21 points. And I, and I, and I was watching the game, I'm like, bro, that's what I need from you more often, man. It's a little pick and pop shots where he pick, picks a spot and he just pulls let up. It fly. Or Hit. takes it to the rim strong and yes. he can, can finish and not get blocked. He got blocked a couple times in that Dallas game, man. He did. Yeah. And that's from him being hesitant. And not, and not getting fouled. Like, if you're going to get blocked, you need to get, like, pick up that foul, draw that foul. And he wasn't doing that in that game. Kind of flipped the script. He, I guess he he picked it up in that, that the Charlotte game. Absolutely. And even down the stretch, right, they had that one play where he was driving, like, towards the three-point corner line. Ball literally found him out of bounds, and they just called the step. They didn't call the foul. So he knew that he was being aware. He was aware, at least in my mind, that, A, he was trying to initiate the contact and be the guy – making the aggressive moves as opposed to waiting to see what the defense is going to do. He's just being more aggressive with his movement or his decisions, right? Rather say that and how that translates into his offense. Hopefully he continues to have that, you know, that attitude of I'm going to make two shots in a row before anybody else else makes another two shots, right? So that he can provide more on offense and really alleviate some of the stress from Jimmy Right, because I feel like Jimmy's is gassed from feeling like I have to do everything here, you know. And he needs to kind of step back and be like, okay, I really need to put people in position to do themselves or do better themselves, right? Let 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 Lowry do his thing, get his twenty points a game, 
Let's get Bam back up to his 20 points a game average and double-digit rebounds and feed this guy consistently, right, through that offense. And then let Hero run wild, right, and mm -hmm. run that chaos and let Duncan run wild and be that chaos where you got guys who can make shots from pretty much anywhere on the floor just running around another around guys that are going to make big baskets. Bam, Jimmy Lowry, right? I don't know if it's going to be as quick as we would like it to be, but... If the I mean, offense, I'm just, think, I'm just thinking about what you just said right there, and you you have those five guys. I don't know if we've seen that so far. How many it, times? We really don't. But if we had Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, Hero, and Duncan, I mean, you're spreading the floor. You got Bam down low. You got Jimmy that can drive. That's a dangerous five right there, dog. And, and imagine if all of those guys are playing to their... I don't know if it's the smartest lineup, you know what I mean? But no, like any, at no. any point in time, if that lineup is on the court, that's a very... Offensively, that's a very dangerous lineup. And we know that defensively, it accounts for something too, right? Which is the, the more important part. And we know that they haven't played that often together. So it's yet to be at its highest form, right? When those guys are on the court together. But if these guys can raise that bar... Of, of offense that they're currently playing at and individually really take a, a notch, take it a notch higher, man, we're going to see something potent because with Bam being a 20 and 12 guy, Lowry averaging 18 to 20, you get Hero in the mix for his 21 points. You get Jimmy averaging 22 to 24. I'm not even going to add the rest of the guys. Yeah. Right. With that in itself, that's more than enough to win games decisively. Not only in the NBA on that night in, night out routine, but more importantly in the playoff stretch where you have that one game in between break and you're able to ratchet it up and go all in again the very next day. Hopefully that's what it turns into for this Heat team because this next stretch of games is not going to be easy. We got a tough road uh, ahead of us. We got the Knicks, right, uh, on the road. Then we play San Antonio, right, at home, and then another home game. No, I'm sorry. On Monday, the ne next time we record, we're going to be playing Chicago, in Chicago. And um, that just starts another stretch, right? Because after that, we have uh, the Bucks on deck. We have, I believe, the Celtics as well. A tough road, tough stretch of games that we're going to be facing. And the Heat are really going to have to come out of this all-star break with the wheels on fire and hit the ground running and, and, and get into another five to six win streak you know what i mean where we get back to elite status in the east absolutely i i, I think uh i'm right there with you we gotta we gotta get going now we got about three months now to get in you know fine-tuned you know we we got through the first part of the season we got through injuries in the first part of the season we're in a great position and now now is crunch time now is when we go to work and i have full faith in this team and this organization to get it done and put us in a great position come playoff time so we can go ahead and, and go crazy on 49th Street. For sure, for Feel sure. And, and trust me, I'm scouring, scouring right now the um, the Twitterverse, right? In case you're not following me on Twitter, you guys are slipping big time. I had sports with so-so. That's a big, you all sleep <laughs> you guys are if sleep. you ain't following sports with so-so on, on, on Twitter. Twitter. Big and, time. And, and if you are and you're not, you don't have the post notifications turned off so that you get a notification whenever a tweet pops up, slipping. you're still sleeping right now. Slipping. Just letting you know. You got to hit that so they come through. I'm telling you, this this man, this man, he knows what he's doing on the on the, twi on, on the, Twitterverse. On the Twitterverse. On the Twitterverse. So I'm, I'm scouring the Twitterverse, right, for any type of news as to when we're going to expect Victor Oladipo back. 
the moment I get it, I'm gonna make sure to show to tweet it and retweet whatever I find on Twitter. So make sure you guys are following me there. Um, but that guy, right? That's something to look forward to. We saw the teams make a trade. We didn't do anything. This is our guy. Hopefully, he comes into the mix soon because we're all looking forward to him. Yeah, playing, we're, we're eager. We're excited for him. We're anxious at this point. I mean, just just come on, man. Just right? clear the guy. I know he can play ball already. Come on. You know? Clay Thompson uh, came back in less than a year from an Achilles or, or, or an ACL or both. I mean, come on. Son. And he has a docuseries, so come, we, come we know on. that and he took his thing. he's balling right now out of control. But, yo, before yeah. we get off the topic of basketball, you know, we started off with the All-Star Weekend. What were your thoughts around All-Star Weekend 2022? In, uh, uh, what was it, in Atlanta? No, it was in Cleveland. Cleveland, that's right, because the king came home and all that. The armpit of America. Yeah, man. I think the All Star Game is getting a little bit old for a guy like me, right? Because um, I, I remember the great All Star Games where the dunk competition was amazing. You know, you had the best dunkers, really like biggest names in the NBA dunking, right? Guys like Vince Carter. Um, I don't know, man. the 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 skills competition was different, so I liked it, right? How they had that team aspect or whatever. That's cool. Uh, I also like the rookies. Competing. But there was certain. There was only certain teams. Certain thing, right? There was only certain teams. I had was multiple players from the same team. They had like the rookies Weird. team, Cleveland's team, right? Because Cleveland had like three all or two all stars or whatever. Whatever. I'm sure they did that because they're in Cleveland, right? Right. Yeah. So, maybe they're the home. So they're, that's the know. stuff that I'm like, whatever. And even look, the dunk contest was. I didn't watch it, but from what I heard, good they went, you know, through the through the Twitter Twitterverse and through the you know Instagram <laughs> sphere, right? I, I heard that it was not worth watching. That it, it was. All right, it was lackluster. People were like disappointed in it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was walking away. Yeah, after a simple. I got a lot of attention. Yeah, you know what I mean. It. So I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I mean, I, I agree. All Star Weekend isn't really, you know, there, there's certain things like I, I for baseball, I don't really care. Like I, even though the the All Star Game is the best format, we, and I've said that on the show for like major sports. Uh, because it means something and all that, and like you know, they give it their all and they actually perform against each other because uh, it's non-contact, but. Um, I really only watch the home run derby when it comes to baseball. To be honest with you, like, yeah, I don't really watch it. I don't it's watch the game and all that. And then, like for the NBA All Star Weekend, like for the most part, I used to be like only the dunk contest and the three point. Right. Which shout out to Cat Big Man won that was the uh, three point contest. Um, that was pretty cool. But you, you know, the three point and the and the dunk contest was kind of the highlight. And then the All Star Game was like, all right, whatever. You're never you're not gonna see defense. You're not gonna see nothing. But 163 got, to 160, dog. <clears> no, on, it was man. 153 to 150. Um, but it ended up being a really good game. I thought, man, for, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. 163, 160. Thanks. I thought I had just seen it. Um, anyways, it ended up being a good game though. Cause like the way they do it is for charity. And then it's like each quarter counts as like an individual. So like whoever like has more points at the end of the quarter, like they win money for their charity. So like team LeBron had won one and then like team, uh, KD won like the next two quarters. So then they added up and they go into the fourth and then like, you actually had like the best players. Like Steph Curry was on fire. He was draining it from everywhere. And then, MVP. like, he's in the end. Yeah, he ended up being the MVP of the All-Star game, um, getting the Kobe and Gigi Award, which is super dope to see. Um, but he balled out. There was defense. Like, players were actually trying to, like, play. LeBron, I mean, how, how picture perfect, you know, was that? LeBron with the game-winning shot fading away in Cleveland. A little planned, maybe. Maybe, but it was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was exciting. It was fun to see, you know what I mean? Like, there was actually a little bit more buzz around the All-Star game itself. And I was like, I kind of yeah. like what they're doing with this format. No, they, they obviously did a good job of recognizing that they have to change it up. 
right? They have to change it up. Um, and the game speaks to that, right? The game actually was competitive, got a little bit tight towards the end because guys want to win. You know, the guys want to win for the charity because, again, they they rather play for that than to, pl than to play to say, oh, I beat so-and-so on an all-star game. That doesn't mean crap, right? They rather play for a charity and say, cool, we gave $2 million to this company or to this charity. That's way more, you know, fulfilling. Um, but I think the NBA is heading in the right direction. They got to do something with the dunk contest, right? They got to do something with that. Um, they got to do something with, like, how the three-point contest is is done, right? I mean, it's, it's been like that for years, for years. though, man. And like, that's we what had I'm saying. Like, the that's why they have the last, to switch the, it up. The, best, the last best dunk contest we had was the Aaron Gordon and, and uh, Zach Levine. Thank we thank and the, like that dunk contest was was raw. Like they, it was they, good. they did a great they did a great job right, with that. But like right. we never get any good names. Like bro, like how many people want to see John Morant? You know, in a dunk contest. Like exactly. why not have it? Like guarantee that he can do it. You know what I mean? Like that's what we want to see. That's what the fans want to see. Like no offense to the rookies and stuff, but it's like you're not like there yet. You know what I mean? Like we want to see guys that we know. Like not that you know we want to see like guys early, still young in their prime, but guys that we know can get up there and. And uh, and do some some shit something amazing, you know. And not to say they can't, but it's like ah, like dude, they weren't creative. It wasn't fun. You look back at the dunks, like the All Star game actually had better dunks than the dunk contest. So they yeah, gotta man. figure that. shit they out. They gotta figure it out. They gotta figure it out. And then hopefully they do, you know. Because as a fan, I'm not really like drawn to it. Huh. You know, I watch it if it's on somewhere, or whatever, cool. But I'm not drawn to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I will be the All Star game or home run derby or yep, something like yep. that. Um, man, you know. <clears throat> We, we, the Panthers, you know, they caught back from the all-star break and I was really worried that they were going to have some type of like lull because usually everybody was split up, right? People are going to the all-star game and stuff like that. But something really cool that I read today in an article was that um, a lot of those guys stayed here and practiced together during the all-star break. So like the guys who like had so, a couple injuries would like maybe go not a hundred percent, but the dudes... Still got a way to practice and get, you know, ice time together and stuff like that. Uh, Barkov did his thing and he flew back right back. You know, he didn't take an extended break. And if, it seems like since they've taken that extended break earlier in December to finish off that year, the Panthers have been like completely renewed, completely refreshed because they've really been on a tear. Um, not only winning four out of the last five, but just really providing a high level of offense, man. And their last four wins, they've averaged 20, they've scored 22 goals and only allowed 10. So when you think about that, if you watch a Panthers game, right, let's say you're on the fence about watching a Panthers game and there's no heat game on or something like that, and you're like, well, let me see what's going to happen here in this Panthers game. A, you're going to see the Panthers probably win, and B, on top of that, you're going to see them score four, <laughs> at least three to four goals. Well, not just that. Like, even if they're down, like, you have a good chance of seeing, seeing a great a badass comeback. comeback like, right. the, like the game from last week, first game back from that little break. Uh, last Wednesday, they played the Hurricanes, and we ended up winning an OT three to two. Right. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. And and that that we that tied game it up itself, with like a minute left in the game. Correct. And then won it sixteen seconds into overtime. The crazy part about that How game, wild is that? Son? No, dude. That not the finish was wild, right? I think that was the game that we saw the behind the back goal, right? Oh yeah. Sick. <laughs> oh my god. Sick. Right. Was that that was the neck fly, was it? No. Was no. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't Huber, though. It was Barkov. Barkov. It was Barkov. It was just filthy. It, it was, was disgusting. It was just filthy. It was disgusting. You um, posted it on the gram. Yeah. So you're following. Yep. And we saw this team fight back, right? And then when they did pull their the goalie, right, they pulled off Barbowski with, like, two minutes left, yep. right? 
And Carolina had must have, dude, like four times, Very hitting close. the both sides of the poles. Boom, and everybody going crazy. Oh, and then boom, oh. And the Panthers find the way Weger, <coughs> excuse me, he's such a badass defenseman. And as soon as Sam Bennett hit the ice, the announcer said, he's like, they brought, they specifically put him on because he scores goals. He scores goals. And sure enough, um, Sam Bennett finds Reinhardt, and Reinhardt gets the t- game tying goal. And then we're hitting. Boom. Brand new. We Brand reset, new game. Two, reset. Two, going to OT. Fight from all the way being down in the game to tying it up literally within the last minute of the game and then heading into OT. And then once you get into OT, Eggrod said, we're not going too deep into this nah, bubble. We need to it. finish this. I got a dinner date at 9 o'clock. I'm trying to make those reservations. I got to get to the hard rock. We're out of here. <laughs> Boom. Goal to end it, bro. And, you know, the badass part about that is that that was the second win in a row, right? Because the night before, we had beat Columbus 8-4 uh, to four in an onslaught. You know what I mean? Sam Reinhardt, same guy we were talking about earlier, with a hat trick, you know? Uh, Panthers scored seven goals in two periods. Seven goals. And then they just cruised the whole third period and didn't have to sweat anything in that Columbus game. What, uh, Blue Jackets? Yeah. Uh, the one on January 31st? What no, are you talking about? No, man. Just recently, we beat them eight to four. We beat Columbus, and then we beat. Uh, yeah, that, that was January. That was like three weeks ago, Baba. We beat them, right? Yeah. I, we hadn't recorded since then. I think. Yeah, we did. We recorded last week. And then we then we got Carolina. Then we got Minnesota. The then we game, got so Chicago. We took, we took the break. February one was the last game. Got it. And we we kind of went on a hiatus because there was nothing at the report. Right. But then we came back and we we talked a little we bit beat, about the break. And they beat Carolina. And that's when we started off. We beat Carolina. Uh, we whooped up on on the Wild six to two Correct. Uh, last Friday. And then we kicked the shit and out of by Chicago. Time here and this two nights ago, we won five two with uh, Mason Marchman's first career. Uh, Patrick. Patrick, amazing, crazy. I mean, you're just seeing scoring everywhere on this team. There's not just one guy that you look at and you're like, yeah, this guy is the goal. No, everybody on that team can score goals. Though. Everybody, bro, it's this, scary. They lead. The I don't know hockey, and that that is that's something to be excited about. Absolutely, bro. They lead the NHL in goals. They have 203 goals as a team. That's crazy. They have two guys already with 20 plus goals. Another set of guys, another three to four guys that have at least 12 goals on the season. You have defensemen who with at least eight to ten goals. This is an onslaught of offense that you, these guys are putting on the ice night in and night out. Because if you think about it, like, A, it's really hard to defend in hockey, right? And not too many teams are not going to give up, right? You look at the Panthers and you're like, well, maybe they're giving up a lot of goals and they're always in a battle. Not really, bro. You know, they're 14th in goals against. They've only allowed 143 and that's been with injuries to our main goalie, which is Big Bob, and having to have a rotation of other goalies step in, whether it's Spencer Knight or somebody else, take the reins for a night or two. Right. Right? So <clears throat> even with all of that, you get a consistent level of defense. You get a con- consistent level of goals against, right, where we're able to kill power plays. Now we put ourselves in a position where we're in less power plays against us, right, which is key because the the, the less advantages, obviously, you give to your opponent to play um, with an extra man advantage, the better off you are. And, when, and the Panthers are one of the best offenses when it comes to 5-on-5 five five hockey, 4-on-4 four four hockey. So if, if the if – the, the playing field is even, right? The Panthers are always going to have the edge. They have the better goalkeeping. They have the better offense, uh, defensive men, and they have the better guys who can put the puck in the goal, and that's the main part, right? The other two parts are the are the foundation, but just having so many different guys. I mean, look, uh, this year alone we've seen a hat-trick from Sam Reinhardt. Uh, you mentioned Marchant got his first um, hat-trick of the season. Bar, uh, Barbowski has... Uh, Not Barbowski. Uh, Barkov has the Barkov. other... 
So we have, I think, four guys. I'm missing the other person, but we have four guys this season alone that have scored uh, hat tricks. Maybe Bennett. I would have to double check. I want to say yeah, but I would have to double check. Um, but even still, you know, that just shows you that any given night, anybody else can put up the game winner. We've seen Uyghur hit big goals. Um, we've seen Duclair. Yeah, hit I read big an goals, I read an article recently right? that was that was that was kind of highlighting and talking about that little uh, defensive duo between Uyghur and Ekblad. It's and, crazy. And that being kind of like a, a a core piece, you know, is the fact that Ekblad historically has never been able to have a really good counterpart because of his certain style of play. Right. But that Uyghur is complementing his style of play perfectly, and they're making a nice little defensive duo. And I couldn't agree more. It's it's, it's amazing how the Panthers have been put together, right? Because even if you didn't know much about hockey and you just looked at it and you were looking at ratings and what guys can do, you would look at this team and be like, yeah, they're, they're pretty complete. They have guys who can put... Uh, shots on goal. They have speedsters guys. They have guys who can play and control the puck, find find lanes for passes and stuff like that. They have guys who will bounce back and jump and, you know, have, you know, go back and play defense, go all the way up and take a shot two on goal. Players. Two-way players, right? You have two goalies that you can really rely on, right? Mm -hmm. One more than the other, but you have two goals that, goalies that you can really rely on and countless of other guys off the bench that know their role and play it to the absolute best. And that just puts AU in a way adventure uh, advantage position for the rest of the NHL to deal with. And right now, the only team that you can compare to the Panthers um, is Colorado. Colorado is on the top of the league, right? And they're only one point ahead of the Panthers. Panthers have 75 points. Colorado sitting on 76 points. I feel like the... The Panthers are just finding a way to stay consistent. We know how great they are at home. We talked about it on end, how this team is literally the best in the NHL when it comes to defending their home ice, and it's not easy for any team to come in here and get a victory, let alone a tie. Um, the Panthers don't tie that often, and we hardly lose, right? They're 35-10-5 on the season. So out of those, what, 70 games, right? 35-10-5 uh, would be 50 games. 50 games, right? Yeah, 50. Out of those 50 games, they've only lost, right? Walked away 10. without a win. 15 times. No, no, no. I'm just saying walked they've walked away, away without, without a, win. a win 15 times. Yeah. Sick. Sick. You know, when you consider the type of talent and other, other high-level teams that they're playing, right? We're in the division with uh, Tampa Bay. We, we were in the division with Tampa Bay, but now we're fighting for our division with teams like Carolina, right, that are really good. Um, we just whooped up on Minnesota. That team is number three in the, in the NHL when it comes to scoring goals. And we found ourselves in a battle, right, to kind of finish that game and close it out. But good teams find ways to win, and the Panthers are definitely a good team. Oh, so yeah. you can tell when the cream literally rises to the top, and that's what the Panthers are right now at the moment, man. If they can keep it rolling against the schedule that they have, they're playing home at Nash against uh, Nashville, um, visiting Columbus again before visiting Edmonton again. Um, that's a nice little stretch of games right there. Yeah, we got a nice homestand. I don't Ooh. know what you're looking at. <laughs> we play uh we play the we, we play the predators tonight when you guys are hearing this uh that's then, the night then thursday the 24th we play at home against the blue jackets then saturday we play at home again at home again against the oilers uh and then we go next week we have a nice little break there almost a whole week's break we play at home against the senators play at home against the red wings and then we go on a road so we have a nice Read my one, shit. Two, completely three, wrong. Four, Five game homestand. So we have to discuss, and when I say we, I mean you and I. We gotta go to one of these games, player. We yeah, for try. sure, for sure. We gotta we, try to go to one of these games. We got five games in a row, man. And we got, these are we guys. I mean, there. that I named that that 
I mean, we could. That's going to be a dub right there, bro. We're winning at a seventy percent clip. So I mean, the, the odds are in our favor to go to a game that we're going to win. That's going to be a dub. I mean, you're already one and zero on the season, right? You went I'm to a Panthers game and, and, you got, and, sick, got, and it was a comeback. And game. it was a comeback game. Overtime too. Yes, sir. Son, that was a it great was an game. Incredible game, bro. And I was watching it, and, I, and we're texting back and forth, yeah. going crazy, bro. Like, are you watching this? Yeah, it was crazy. It was a great game, man. And, and that's 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 what's happening right now with the Panthers, man. I'm glad, you know. It, I'm thankful for the podcast. You know, I know right? I expressed that before, but Sheesh. the fact that you know we had a listener, you know, reach out last year and was like why aren't, why aren't you guys covering the Panthers or they're doing great they're a great team and we were like you know what why aren't why we, aren't we you know why aren't we covering them a little bit more and frankly you know it's because we're not hockey guys we're not a hockey town but we're I'll winning be damned if I don't represent you know the home team you know what I mean I've always been very very home team I hate when people cheer for other teams and I mean the Panthers I mean, hockey is exciting, man. Just because we didn't grow up watching it doesn't mean that we can't watch it and enjoy it. And I, I find myself watching more Panthers games and, and actually being into it. And, like, now the, the fact that we have the podcast and we right. do talk about things, I get to know players a little bit better, like who does what and and, and how the, you know, the nuances of the game go. I'm, I'm still learning that game by game. Um, but it, it's super exciting when you have a team that's winning. You know, it's, it's terrible to do this and invest all your time to a losing team, you know. So hmm. if you're going to invest time hmm. – into anything, you know, sports wise, and 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 giving your fandom to to a specific franchise, why not do it to a team that's winning? Let's let's be honest, right? Miami is a winning town, whether it's college sports, high school sports, professional sports. We look for winners. We like that winning story. We like to be a part of the winning, right? The Panthers are doing exactly what we like. They're winning. So if you like to watch winning hockey, if you like to watch winning sports franchises, if you like to watch that stuff, you need to tune into the Panthers because the Panthers is what have, again, the momentum of the fan base to say, hey, we're winning. We're putting things out there, and this is what, what our product is, and it's entertaining. Definitely as just as entertaining as watching a heat game. So I'm glad that we're waving that Panthers flag right now. You know what I'm saying? And and hopefully we get more people to jump on the bandwagon and really like push this team forward and make a serious run, bro. Because I really feel like this team is destined for something special. You know, nah, I mean, I'm getting ready to buy my jersey. So I'm, I'm, this, off, I'm, I'm sure they are, bro. Off air, we got we seriously got to discuss. This. We're gonna plan it. I got the plan. We got the plan. They deserve it. They deserve us to come out there in droves and 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 just could just support them. The yeah, home, the hometown. You know what? We talked about it last season, bro, and we're going to do the field trip. We're going to do the sports with so-so field trip to the Panthers game. Let's go. Let's that's make it. it happen. Yeah, that's it. We're done. We're going. Um, What's next? What we got, player? You know, I wanted to talk about uh, the, the Hurricanes real quick because we talked about them a little bit last week, and they just made another great hire, bro. They hired ex-NCAA uh, head coach Charlie Strong, coached at Louisville, um, he also coached at Texas, coached at USF, um, and they hired him as the linebacker coach. Now, when we look at the the staff that this dude Cristobal is putting together, stacked beyond stacked. I can't again. I can't remember the last time that people were talking about. I can't say I remember right because I don't go into the eighties. Right, I can just realize the staffs that were winning during my time. Right, right? which was the Coker staff and whatnot, the Jimmy Johnson staff. Right. Um, I haven't seen a staff so stacked in Miami history since like the '80s. You know where you can look at big time NFL legendary head coaches that were play, that were coaching here in Miami. This dude is really doing the damn thing. 
This dude, Crystal Ball, is really doing the damn thing. And I, I got super excited because, again, on the Twitterverse, follow me, you know, Sports with Soso. I see a tweet from the Hurricanes and Crystal Ball's quoting, talking about how exciting he is to see Van Dyke's development as a quarterback and what we're going to be able to do for him offensively this year. And that just got me hyped because I'm like, damn, this kid really showed a lot last year. Like, if this dude has found ways to put this dude in a position, Van Dyke in a position to be even better, like, the whole offense is just going to be behind this guy. Like, you know, just keep him standing up and we're going to rock this thing. For sure. And that's really going to be, like, how we challenge for the ACC title, how we play against the FSUs, the North Carolina States, the Louisville, Clemson, right? And start to beat those guys more emphatically, right? In a more dominating dominating back fashion. To what the U is used to, man. Yeah, man. There's no way that you get back as as the U right now. There's no way that you get back to the number 1 spot in the country playing for a shot at the title, okay? If you do not dominate your division. You need to go. You can't just go out. You can you can right. get get by with, you know, some some close wins in some of those games. But for people to 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 think, you know, for that thought to cross their mind and go, hey, is the U back? It's gonna have to be dominating performances, and they got to put exclamation points on on their on their victories. You know what I mean? So Crystal Ball is is stacking up everything right now. You know, he he has. We thought you know last year they had good talent. You know, we saw Van Dyke. Come in after um, uh, shoot his name. I can't even remember his name right now. Um, the Harry King. Yes. <clears throat> you know <laughs> he couldn't even help me either. You had forgotten yourself. Um, but yeah, we saw the Eric King. You know all the hype and everything, and then it's like, oh, who the hell is this kid coming in? And then he just Van Dyke just balled out out of control. Just something that we saw. We we're like, well, we haven't had a quarterback like that in a while. And the last time we did, we won a national championship. So it's like that's something to be excited for. And then we got you know who we. Think was the problem out of there in uh, in Manny Diaz. We bring in a guy in Crystal Ball who now has all this buzz, all this excitement going on around the program. You know, it, it's it's something that it, we've seen it before, and it's it's something that we get excited about every couple of years. But I don't know, man. This is this has a way better feeling to it than the last couple of times that the the U.S. tried to rebuild. Yeah, and again, the job that we see Crystal Ball doing in such a short time. Super exciting, right? A strong, strong offensive coordinator, an even stronger defensive coordinator, and then another great defensive hire to put, honestly, one of, I feel, in my opinion, the, the departments that was lacking the most on defense was the linebackers. Mm -hmm. We had good defensive tackles and the good defensive ends. Our defensive backs, we knew were talented, right? We got a good uh, selection there. But the linebackers, we didn't have real playmaking linebackers guys and, who and historically knock guys out. And that's historically, something that, that we've always exactly we've always had was is those big linebackers i mean you're ray lewis exactly. or uh dan morgan baby dan morgan you, um vilma. i know vilma was an outside Legend. linebacker but still, but still i mean he was a linebacker he played everywhere you know yeah. beast and john beast too you know like those type of players right what's a more recent what's this guy um perryman yeah, Perriman was Denzel a linebacker. He, I know he played a little bit of that that you know that end position, but he was a linebacker. He was a, a solid linebacker, you know. And I, I feel like that was that's always been a department for me that has been lacking in the past couple recently. of years recently. And with this hire of Charlie Strong, um, we're definitely going to improve there. That just got me even has me even more excited for the defense because the defense is going to be able to make even more plays and be more dangerous. All this hype 
for nothing because how far away from are we from seeing we need hurricanes f- doing anything? We got fifty four days until spring training, right? Before we get some spring football. Um, but before that, like even after that, that's gonna be cool and that's gonna build the hype up even more. But I really want to see the results on the field. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of games that I'm looking forward to. Mainly FSU. You know, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be crazy yeah, at home. down here at home. We got the advantage. Yeah. Um, but I'm that's. That's what I'm looking forward to, like how we're going to translate the hype onto the field because we took away a couple of things, new coach, uh, we're looking for a new identity. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like on the field. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, speaking of hype around the Hurricanes, yeah. I sent you something that I saw earlier today, and, and I wanted to bring it up and see what your thoughts were around it. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you know, there, there's some talks, and I, you know, we've talked about it, about the, the, them getting their own stadium. Yeah. Um, and this came across today where, you know, it was uh, they were speculating. I think somebody is, is investing into making plans. It's not even a submittal or a proposal yet, but just to to come up with plans to put a stadium at where Tropical Park is, which in theory is a fantastic idea. You know, that's a great area right there, you know, right off the Palmetto Tropical Park. You know, it can host big events. You know, they used to have in Santa's Enchanted Forest there and all that stuff, and it's it's closer to the campus, I mean, than, than the Hard Rock is, I think. You know, it's more in Miami than the Hard, the hard Rock. You're getting basically into Broward already, you know? Right. So it's something that came up, and I wanted to see, I mean, what your thoughts are on it. Do you think this is something that's just all smoke? Is there a, Do you think there's a chance of this happening? Is this beneficial to the program? What are your thoughts? I actually had time to look at it and, and do some research when you sent it to me, dog. And in my in my heart, right in my heart, I know that that will never happen. There's too much money that was invested into the school making a partnership with the stadium, right? And that being a uh, part of the recruitment tool, right? Come play in an NFL stadium that you're gonna be playing in one day, right? Um, and on top of that, the real estate. In Coral Gables, or even around Coral Gables, is really high. So we're talking about yeah, but you're talking Westchester. You're I not get talking it. Coral Gables anymore. Still, still, I, f- I feel like even even if they make it at Tropical Park, right? Let's say they make it at Tropical Park. It's not too far from where the school is, right? Still got to drive. It's not like people can walk there, whatever, from the campus, quote unquote. So if you're already doing that, then you're just building a stadium to build a stadium. Right. If these guys got to go on a bus to travel to the to the to the stadium, then you might as well just drive them to the professional stadium that the city helps maintain and whatnot. And the owner does a really good job of keeping the maintenance, the the facility to the highest standards possible. You get what I mean? So I don't know if it'll ever happen, to be honest. I would like to see it happen. Right. Because in my opinion, it does give schools an edge. When the when the school has a stadium close to the campus and the students can pack that stuff, um, yeah, it's a. I'm looking at it eight, up right now. Eight minute drive, dog. It's, it's an eight minute drive just going down Bird, you know, just going down Bird Road. Bird Road. Um, on, no, a, on a Saturday no, morning. Sorry, this is Miller. So on go, on go, a Saturday going down morning. Miller. No, but I mean, you have you Bird. Me? You have Bird on one side. You have Miller on the other side. You got the Palmetto. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, but there's the, the thing is, you brought it up. There's not a lot of real estate altogether in Florida, in Bingo. South Florida. So then it's like, you got to work with what you got, you know, and, and where can we really, you know, kind of 
put one and it's like you, you look there and they do have a field they have some baseball fields there they have some uh tennis courts and stuff and and obviously you know some of that stuff would need to get sacrificed for a lot the, of it almost the sake all of, of a stadium and parking and all that because when you think you know obviously it's not it's not just about the stadium you got to have the parking to be able to house all that but it could be good. I mean, I don't know how many jobs Tropical Park brings right now. I know the stadium would bring tons of jobs, not just in the development of the site and of the building itself and the stadium, but then all the employees and all the jobs that every year would look forward to having positions there. Um, so, I, I mean, I thought I thought it was an interesting idea. I think it's something that, that you know, no matter even if, if they have that prowess where it's like, hey, come play in an NFL stadium. Right. I think the U, you know, they, 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 they take pride in being the U, right, being self-sustained and like – we did this, you know, the Dolphins played Super Bowls in our Orange Bowl. We didn't play our championships in, in Joe Robbie. You know what I'm saying? Like, True. So, like, they, they kind of, I feel like they kind of want they that They want that back. back? Yeah, they want to be able to have something to call, well, you never to sold call the, theirs. You should have never sold that shit to the Marlins. I completely agree. And, and I, now but you I gotta, think maybe there's a little bit of seller's remorse there. A hundred percent. could be. I'm hoping. Maybe as a fan, I'm just hoping that. No, 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 no. I think you're right that there is some seller's remorse, obviously, right? Because the topic is being brought up, and then all of a sudden, like, you get... All these multi-millionaires that live in Miami and went to school or been private their whole lives. And then everybody's coming out of the freaking woodwork saying, yeah, I got $10 million to throw on it. And it's like, wait, wait a second. Where the hell were you when we were trying to fix the OB? You know what I mean? Like, where's, where, where are you guys? Right? When the school desperately needed that. Nobody cared. And now all of a sudden they want to jump back into the game. Cool. But it's going to cost you four times as much, three right. times as much. Because of where things are at right now. And we don't even know if we're going to be able to put it as close to the school as we would like. Because essentially, you would want it within a couple of blocks of a school. I, ideally, but I mean... Because ten, the school ten, itself ten is scattered. 10 minutes away right? is a lot better than... I hear Right you. now, I mean, what's... It's a 30, 40 20 minute... 20 minute drive. Nah, dog. It's, you're talking oh, it's a police escort. It's a police escort. The moment they get to the to I the guess. to US one, it's hit the sirens and we're on the way up, Apple. I guess, but, you know, it's just a thought. So I just wanted to... I wanted to talk. I just it. don't think it, it's going to happen, like, from one day to the no, next. No, no, I agree. These are, right? again, these these guys are, are just are plans like, that they're just trying to come up with to be able to even propose it to then get, you know, turned down. Money so talks. I agree. I totally agree. You know, it's tough, but it might be a pipe dream, but it's something that, you know, it, it would be dope for the program. Money talks. And so they hit until they come forward and say, hey, listen, we got three billion dollars to invest into a stadium for the Hurricanes. And so that comes out. I don't want to hear nothing about a stadium because it's just going to be a bunch of hype. You know, the Marlins, the Marlins jumped on that line and, were, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing when they built that stadium, because now when you drive around that stadium, guess what you see? All these new high-rise apartments, live by the bay, live by the river, et lo otro. So eventually, that is going to be a major attraction for people who live in those apartments to be like, let's go to a ball game and just walk to it. Pop, yeah. pop, 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 pop. So they knew what they were getting themselves into, right? Hurricanes are going to have to have some type of foresight to say, how am I going to be able to tie this into my student campus, right? The kids who are paying X amount of dollars to come to UM, right? We know it's a lot of money. And have that be something that we can reward them with, right? Where you still don't tell your students, hey, jump in your car that you probably don't have and drive eight minutes, ten minutes down the road to a UM game. It's super hard. Let's see. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe within the next ten years, possibly. But something, a lot of things have to go right and mainly the money. Yeah. They have to come up with the Bs. There's no M's. 
Got to be bees. Mm-hmm. In order to get that stadium built. A modern day stadium. Modern day stadium. College football stadium. Yeah, you have to. It's got to be the bees. So without those bees, I don't see nothing happening. I feel you. Um, let's keep it on the turf, man, on the grass. Uh, we saw the Dolphins make some some noise, right? What, you call that noise? I don't call it noise. I mean, they, 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 there was a little stir up, I guess. A little stir up. I, I don't know. They signed a wide receiver, former 49er, right? And then I think they signed a fullback, which was also a former 49er, I think. Mm-hmm. So the transfusion has been gone, right? Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, heat of uh, 49er personnel heading his way to um, to Miami. And then this morning I saw, like, top destinations for running backs. And guess who was, you know, kind of, not, not thrown around, but kind of like linked to the heat, to the Dolphins. Mm, running back? Running back. Camara. No. Damn, I was really hoping. It was <laughs> I was really you hoping. You wish, bro. Yeah, dog. You wish, bro. That'd be sick. Mozart from the Ray, 49ers. Mostert. Okay. From the 49ers. If he's, if he's healthy, he's a weapon. If, right? But I don't know if I want to if around my running back, right? I agree. Um, we know what position the Dolphins are, tra- are going to be drafting in. They're going to be drafting 29th. We got that from the San Francisco trade. Um kind of for, looking forward to what they're going to do with that and it kind of seems like they're built they're trying to build the running game because you don't sign a fullback just to have no, him catch passes not. or to help with the pass like pass blocking you know what i mean you sign a fullback always had uh, a run, a good fullback a solid I mean, fullback um you think back to bruce miller uh you know former ucf knight when they were making their runs you know shit almost eight years ago or something like that, right? 2014 mm-hmm. season, somewhere around there. I think it was uh, the Ravens-Niners Super Bowl. He was in it. And then more recently, I think the, their fullback was Huszczyk. Correct. And he got utilized a lot. You Pro know. Bowler, I think, right? Yeah, I think, I think so, man. I mean, we, that's a position years. that's dying in the NFL. Right. You don't see fullbacks. So to see that, I mean, that's somebody that John Gruden would love. John Gruden loved his Mike Allstott. You so know they, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so they matter. So I'm sure Mike Gruden was like, I love that guy right there. I love that move right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Because you don't see that, man. You don't see the fullbacks anymore. So it was interesting, you know, to see that. But It shows a commitment to the running game, though, right? It like, does. It shows, like, the Dolphins recognize that they have to fix a lot of the holes in the offense by fixing the running game and paying attention to that the most. Uh, hopefully it continues to trend that way into the draft. Uh, we'll obviously be getting into a draft preview, right? We'll be targeting a couple of players, a couple of offensive linemen, maybe a couple of running backs that we're looking to draft in those first – maybe first three rounds, and see where they go from there. Um, something else that I wanted to bring up in former Dolphin news, uh, just to get your your thoughts on this, Just Joel. made more news than those signs that we yeah, made. Yeah, for sure, right? Uh, was, we saw that former coach Flo, right, of the Miami Dolphins, got a job as a defensive assistant slash linebacker coach in Pittsburgh. While um, he has active lawsuits against three ball clubs, including the Dolphins, correct. as well as the NFL itself. Correct. How does that happen, Doug? Um well, you know, there's a lot of legalities behind that and a lot of, like, lawyer talk. Obviously, you know, I'm not an expert. We know who the expert is. And even still, I don't think they could figure it out because, you know, you can't stop the man from getting a job, right? You can't tell Pittsburgh not to hire him. And it's not like there's anything in their contract or anything in their bylaws that say, hey, you can't have a job while suing the NFL. I'm assuming that's going to change moving forward. Right, you can't hold a, a 
a position in the NFL while actively suing. I would have thought that would have been the case already. I mean, that's but, you pretty know, interesting. But that's the like, I don't think I'd be able to work for my company if I was actively suing them for something else. Like, Obviously. Come on now. Yeah, but if you think about it, that sport is very, u- like, union central, they right? The there's player. a union for the well, players. There's, there's a players for the coaches. coaches. I'm sure they have one, you know? Even the, 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 the owners themselves are union, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's not crazy because crazier things have happened in the NFL. It's just very, man, kind of outrageous to see that happening at the same time, it's, right? It's odd. It's odd. And if, then the the other interesting part of all that is that we play the Steelers this year. We usually, yep. we usually do. We, we usually, usually have do. a game but against now we the do Steelers. For sure this year. This year we play them. It's it's up in the air. Little. The day is you know, up in the air. And I think the venue, I don't know if it's an away or a home game for us um, just yet. But I know we play them for sure. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting right there. I really, really hope that we run that ball down their throats and we fucking whoop, the whoop their ass. We'll probably will, right? Because yeah, that just because, also our, because of the fact that there's so many Pittsburgh fans here in Miami. Yeah. Like, they turn out in droves whenever there's a game out here. You know what I mean? Like they travel it, so well, dog. Bro, like, every it. other team against us. Like, I, the I Dolphins travel. Like, there's a small group of, like, hardcore Dolphins fans that will travel well. Right. But, man, there's, like, a lot more casual fans from other teams that will travel well, dog. Yeah, for Or real. they're just here. They're just here and not Dolphins fans. <laughs> Correct. No, there's a bunch of those. There's a lot of Cowboys fans. Oh, don't even you know, get me a lot started of 49er fans. Yeah, but those are the teams so that were worse. winning while the Dolphins were sucking. Right. And then if you look at it now, other teams are still winning. So there's a million Tom Brady fans, right? There's a million Patriot fans. There's a million Tampa Bay fans, but not so much Dolphins fans. We're there. There's still the hardcore group. We're there. But it's, it's definitely dwindling because of the winning. There hasn't been any. Yeah, we need to, we need to get to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, this is the part of the show where we would bring in baseball, right, and really talk about the Marlins and what they got on deck for the season and how spring training is looking and who's the prospects. But in case you've been living on the rock and you don't know what's going on with baseball, there's a lockout. Nobody's doing nothing. Um, MLB and the Players Union are still at ends. Um, there haven't been a lot of concessions on either side as far as the negotiating has been um, reported. For me, it kind of sucks because I feel like the Marlins had a lot of good momentum ending the season. Um, obviously had a lot of excitement with the players that were developing into stars, right? We saw Jazz um, really come out of his shell and become the superstar that we see he can potentially be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miguel Rojas uh, being the anchor and the, the steady rock that the team needed throughout the season, throughout all those injuries, right? We saw... Uh, the emergence of Trevor. Yes. <sighs> Uh, my dog T Law, like T Raw. He's I can't remember his name, last name right now. And Rogers, Trevor Rogers. Yeah, man, Trevor Rogers, bro, the hard throwing Trevor Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alcantara, really Sandy. coming, really coming back, right? Because he had a rough start to the season, coming and ended the season really well. Uh, I just felt like the team was really starting to improve, you know, really starting to improve. And then even still, we added that that catcher earlier this year, and I was like, damn, the Martins are are really trying to build that pitching staff and, and get a good combination with the coach here. Yeah. And then this lockout happens, and it's like, all the breaks, you know? You kind of kill that that little bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed because this is usually the time that we kind of fill in that space, right, with, with the Marlins and, and whatever they got going yeah, we'd on. Yeah, we'd be right in the middle of spring training right now, month, a month to opening day, basically. Yeah. Just a little over that. 
But there's nothing to report on on the Marlins. So. Yeah, man. We're gonna. We know that the lockout's gonna still happen until March fifth, right? Because they delayed spring training until then. Um, hopefully, they get something resolved before then, so that we can talk about more Marlins. But uh, that's where we're at, man. Right now in the baseball world, we're in a we're at a standstill. Hey, we're at a standstill. That's showbiz, baby. That's the showbiz, baby. But you know what? It's all good because you guys can tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend to tell one more friend to tell one more friend about this amazing podcast and what we got going on here, man. Not only do we bring you the in-depth reporting and you know thoughts and comments behind our local teams, but we also like to show some love nationally and make sure we tie it all in beautifully. We're gonna so, keep you updated, let you know what's going on, and more. Importantly, we're going to tell you how we feel about it. And if you don't like it, get out of here. Nah, I'm lying. Come back because then we can talk about it on Twitter and on social media, <laughs> right? And have a discussion. Let's and we're going to bring a, a little segment in where we can get some type of input from the fans. I'm telling you guys, you guys got to stick with us through this year, man. We got a lot of big things planned. For More you things guys. coming, y'all. Yes, Stay sir. Tuned. And until next time, peace. peace. Let's go.